Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, sweet friends, get ready. I am so passionate about talking to you, about teaching you how to escape the compare and despair trap. I have two goals for today. I want you to understand why we compare ourselves to others and two, how we can stop this vicious, unhelpful, disserving cycle, right? And most of us in this world have experienced this trap, right? You start to compare yourself to others, right? All the thoughts, their careers, how well they behave their kids are, how they don't have any problems in their relationships, how much money you make, they make all the things, right? Your brain will create stories about the other. And that's when the despair sets in, right? The thoughts that you get to where you're not good enough, you don't have what it takes, you'll never be like the other to which you are comparing yourself. Nothing is ever right in your life. Like that deep feeling of despair and it's a trap, right? So you understand, you think thoughts about the other person, feel the despair, think more thoughts about yourself, feel more despair. You're comparing and feeling despair and then you feel that despair and you compare some more. You can't get out of it, sweet friend. And so you understand what I'm doing is that we're running through the tear process, right? The thought we have, we have thoughts of comparison and leads to emotion and feelings of despair, right? And the action you take out of despair is often more comparison, <laughs> self-doubt, like, or you're going to inaction, right? Or overreaction. So I want to first start and orient us to comparing. What does comparison, how have you experienced comparison? You know, from a young age, I remember looking at other girls and thinking like, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not smart enough. Um, and it's so ironic or I can't focus like they can, right? When we are comparing ourselves to others, we make assumptions about other people's lives. We make assumptions about their situations, about how their brain works about what happens behind closed doors. We think thoughts about them. It's in your thoughts. It's not actually their story. Their story doesn't matter. And here's what happens. We throw every, literally every cognitive distortion at ourselves, right? Um, I should be like that person. We do lots and lots of shoulds, right? It's all or nothing thinking. I'm like, they're perfect and I'm nothing. We discount the positives in our own lives. We don't recognize the good that we have around us or that we are in a great career. It just might not be as lucrative as the other person, that we're making real value, in the world, but our um, follower count might not be as much. And here's the other thing that we do when we compare is that we make assumptions. So we read other people's minds about what they are thinking. We think they're always happy. They're always joyful. 
we decide that their Instagram life is the truth of their situation, sweet friends. And I talked about this today. I think sometimes I think that we don't mean to be dishonest on the Instagrams. We, um, I was talking about, you guys know I'm wearing this. Can you see it? Yes. I always try to hide it, right? I'm wearing this darn heart monitor for 30 days. And I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to seem like a complainer. So it's not that I'm hiding my situation. It's not that I'm trying to make my life seem glamorous. I mean, you've seen me on the Instagram. There is no pretense. There is no way to fake glamour because what I always take the first recording, I never re-record things. I try to be as transparent in the process, but often I, I will um, not share all that's going on to not seem right. Like I've decided that people are going to judge me for over talking about health challenges. So I'm comparing myself. I often will do this with my health. I'll compare myself to the mom who can hike or do all the things and do the running. And, and in the summertime, it gets really challenging because I can't do as much in the heat. And so my brain loves to compare uh, my, me to other moms. And it's so helpful because I see what's happening, right? Um, we, we know from so many psychological studies, right? Let's just be clear here that, that they demonstrate that comparing ourselves to others has a negative impact on so many um, psychological measures on our mental health. And we understand that viewing social media tends to prompt people to compare themselves to what they see others posting. It's then they're comparing, it's correlated with an increase in negative emotion, that despair after viewing. And I want to say this, I have seen people take breaks from social media. Love it. Good for you. But here's the deal. You don't have to take a break from social media. You can train your brain to see what you want to see. Now, I will say this, like you could coach yourself anyway. Coach yourself to take a break. 100% rest is necessary and important. Train yourself to only look at what you need to look at. That's what I've done. Like I use social media for work. I don't get on and look at other people's curated lives. I see what I need to see. I engage the way I need to engage. And that's what I think um, one of the things that I bring to my clients' lives is like, I give you permission. That's next week, by the way, give yourself permission. But sometimes we need to see it modeled for us first. Like give yourself permission to call baloney on the, 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 fake lives on Instagram and let your brain know that. And when your primitive brain wants to compare, you remind it that that primitive prefrontal cortex is in charge. And you're like, no, this is just a curated life that is sometimes false. It's oftentimes people aren't sharing what's going on. Like I said, they don't want to seem like Debbie Downer. It's not because they're trying to create this false reality. So I want us to always be looking towards like how, how can we find more love for ourselves 
when we notice ourselves comparing? And then how do we find more love for others when we see them on social media? I think that's what it is really about. And then when we decide to love ourselves, when we decide to change our relationship with comparison, with despair, we get a new lease on life, right? And so um, I use social media because that's so, that's often what people come to me with. They're like, I feel so awful after social media. And I'm like, yes, of course you do because our primitive brain likes to say, see, we're behind. See, they're doing it better than us. And I, I am not immune to this. No one is immune to this. I, we hear of very famous authors still are challenged by this idea that I'm not like the other person. I'm not enough. So how you guys know that I believe that fundamentally everything comes down to one thought. I am either worthy or I am not worthy. So when you believe and know and courageously know and trust and believe that you are worthy now, it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing around you. So how do we get into the, the belief, into the, into the mindset of worthiness and that it doesn't matter what anybody's doing and that we don't need to compare? So, um, I also see this in, in the way people don't trust their brains. I knew someone who um, transferred to a different phone because she didn't think she could trust herself to not scroll social media. Trust yourself, trust your prefrontal cortex, trust the process of learning self-control, emotional control. Trust the process, it's not easy and by Finding a quick fix, we're not solving the problem. We're putting a Band-Aid on it. So that's also what I want to say about social media, right? Is that it's not about taking a break if you're feeling it's bringing down your mental health. That's the Band-Aid. The real issue is confronting the fact that you are comparing, that you are in a, a state of disbelief of your worthiness. And how do we bring you into alignment with the truth that you are worthy, that you are a, a child of the divine, right? Like that you do not need to do anything to be worthy. You are worthy now. And so I think this goes entirely against the way our brain is programmed to see the world, right? Like, oh, they have something that I do not have and I need to get that. That's, I mean, let's be clear here. That is our consumerist society. And I am not immune from this apart, as you guys know. I took a deep dive into cooperative living in the basement of ecumenical Christian ministries at KU and at a co-op, right? Like I was in it. I truly believe that our consumer society does foster these. I mean, now it's hilarious, right? Because I am so far away from that. Never was I truly um, 
fully engaged in this cooperative lifestyle, socialist lifestyle, if you will, in the best form of it, right? But it's so interesting that I was glimpse, I was getting glimpses of like, how do I not need to purchase things to feel worthy? And this is, I think, the struggle of my, my whole life is how do I not use retail therapy? How do I not use um, material goods to make myself feel good about myself? I had, this is not in my, you guys know I have an outline. This is not at all in my outline, but I look for ways that we compare, we despair, and then we take action. So they have something I don't have. It makes them look better than me. I feel despair inside. So I'm going to buy something that I don't want. I don't need. I don't, it's not going to bring me fulfillment. So I'm wondering if there are any parts of your life that you compare despair and then take action that doesn't feel in, in, in alignment with who you are. I often see that I am, uh, you know, we sent uh, our children to private schools. And I often saw this and was um, shocked by the level of um, need to demonstrate one's worth in the world. And so it's so hard for me. Sometimes I'm, I, my comparison is like reverse comparison. Um, if we can't do, yes, we can do that. Like I see someone and my goal is to love them and not pity them. Is that I see someone who is trying too hard or that only can find um, worth in material goods and flaunting it. And instead of comparing myself to that, I reverse compare. And I say, oh, I am better because I do not need that. Okay, this, this did not mean to be a confessional. I was going to use client, like former clients examples, because that's so much easier. I don't know when this became a confessional, but then I can feel pity and make myself feel better. I can act out of pity. And that's actually comparing myself to others. <laughs> okay, I, I, frankly, just came up with that. But there we, there you have it. Um, I think it's really that our, um, I think really we need to understand is our brain wanting, like wanting in relation to comparison or feeling lack in relation to comparison and I want you to think about why it feels so terrible. And the answer is pretty simple, right? Because we have an old belief system, our existing belief system about our lack of worth, right? We already believe that we are inadequate. And so since we are operating from the fact that we are not good enough, right? Our brain is constantly looking on the horizon for evidence to support what it ever oh, has always believed or what it already believes, confirmation bias, right? So we look for um, confirmation that what we already believe that we aren't good enough is right. We're looking for evidence that we are not good enough, sweet friends. 
And so of course our brain is always scanning the environment. Of course our brain is looking hard for those things. And here's what I also want to say is that you think thoughts of comparison, you feel the emotion of despair. And so the action you take is getting out of that despair. So many of us, that's, that's the action we take is that overreaction to the despair. And so the reason we want things, the reason we want what others have, the, the material goods, the good relationships, all the money, all the well-behaved children, I love that my brain always goes there, right? Is that we think it will make us feel better than we do right now. We want it to ease our pain. We want it to make us feel better. We want it to bring us so much pleasure. We think that a thing outside of us will make us feel better. And what do we know, sweet friends? That it's not our outside situations. It's not our material goods. It's not the people. It's what we think and feel about those things. So when you look at someone else, you look at their life, you look at their, their amount of money or the car they drive, and you tell yourself that you'd rather be them, it's because you think they are happy. You think you'd be happier if you were them, if you had what they had, if you looked the way they looked. And so again, we are saying it's our situation that will make us happy. It's losing the weight. It's being their size that will make us happy. Sweet friends, I know many people that are size two, size four, size six, who are miserable, who cannot exist in their bodies, who cannot feel their bodies. It is not the size that matters. It's your thoughts. Sweet friends. Or we also know people who have, and uh, let me just finish this and then we'll talk about it, a ton of money, enough money to be considered part of the 1%. They still get divorces. They still are deeply wounded and feel grief and feel sadness and have problems with their children and cannot buy enough to make themselves happy. I mean... We have examples of that everywhere, right? If you know what I'm talking about here, folks. And so we think always that it is our external circumstances, what we have, what we do. And here's the deal. Our society supports that. We think the way to feel better is to get new things to be a new person, it's really to change what you're thinking. And it's to stop comparing. I don't know why I start, but it's also to stop making your external circumstance connected to your worth or your external situation or what you have or the, the illnesses you don't have or have. Comparing despair makes you feel awful, makes you like feel despair. 
because you associate whatever the pe those people have with being worthier than you are. They have money, more worthy, more loved by God, right? If they're thinner, they're more worthy. They work harder. They have more discipline. They're better people. They have something you do not have. If they have well-behaved children, they're more worthy. They did something right. Here's the, we can do all the right things. Our children are people. Our children, your children are not your, they're your own. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. That's Khalil Gibran. I think I memorized that when I was age 16. Not quite sure why I did that. If someone has a fancy business, a successful business, they are more worthy. Baloney. If they are smarter, if they are more successful, so it all comes down to it, right, sweet people? Of course, I would say this about your thoughts about your worth. And here's what we know. We know that our thoughts create emotions of joy, emotions of peace, emotions of calm, emotions of happiness, emotions of worthiness. And that you already Listen to me, sweet friends. I feel like I'm screaming at this point. Have everything you need to feel that joy. You have everything you need to feel that peace and beauty and worth as much as anybody else does. You hold the key right now to your own joy. You hold the key to stop the compare and despair trap. In your brain already. It's in your thoughts. I just gave away the ending. <laughs> right? And so if you used your time and energy that you use right now comparing yourself to others, what we do in the Courageous Life Society and with my coaching clients is I'm like, write down how many times a day you catch yourself comparing yourself to others. <gasps> Like, oh, she did that on social media. Oh, she said, um, he did, like, I'll even compare myself to my husband and the way he is so loving. And I'm like, oh, I'm not that. And it's like jealousy, but like all jealousy. And we can be in all of people and feel gratitude for people, but it's on the other side. Is, does it cause us despair? What is the emotion that it's causing? And if you took all the time that you spend now comparing and you decided instead, I'm going to just practice my anchor thought. I am worthy now. I want to believe I am worthy now, not for what I do, not for the things I have, not for how many people are in my membership, not for the amount of money I make but for who I am, I am learning to feel worthy now. I guarantee, I guarantee, I prom pinky promise that you would feel so differently, so much more joy and love and gratitude and grace and peace. 
think of what you could accomplish. Think of what you could do if you stopped and said, brain, I see you envying. I'm going to redirect back to my anchor thought. I'm learning that my worth does not depend on what I think about anybody else. I'm learning that I am worthy now, now. So I invite you to change your thoughts. I invite you, it is all down to your thoughts. It's not how much time you scroll social media and then beat yourself up. What if you can say, okay, I gotta practice my thoughts and I gotta get really good at practicing my thoughts. And then when I feel ready, I can practice using that thought while looking at things on social media. <gasps> That's the greatest test. That's like our aversion therapy, right? We'd be like, okay, you're gonna go all in on your greatest fear, looking at social media and comparing yourself, right? It's just like how I handle my heights fears. I want you to do this. I promise this is power. This is change. This is life-giving. Okay, my sweet loves, I am so grateful for your time. I cannot wait to hear what your brain thinks about this. I can't wait. I hope this was fun, as fun as it is saying, okay, here's all the challenges that we're facing right now. Go to town. Okay, I hope you have a great and courageous week. I will see you very sweet friends. XO. And as always, I want to remind you, if you want more information about how to work with me, if you really um, have heard anything on this episode that you're like, wait a minute, you can go to jessicastong.com. You can learn more information about the Courageous Life Society, a group coaching membership that really helps you take all this information and apply it. And also you can get more information about one-on-one -on -one coaching. Thank you so much and have a great and courageous week, everyone.